and welcome to this amazing, wonderful mashup event of podcasts. It's a crossover event, people. I'm Jess Sterling. I'm here with my co-host from Shit 90 Shows Taught Me, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Jess, I am ready to do revenge, and I don't know if that's grammatically accurate, but we're going for it. But of course, we're not alone because this is a crossover event, so we had to have another podcast to have a crossover with. And of course, we're joined by Mary. Hi. Yes, this is Mary Kwiatkowski of the Kowski cast fame. Maybe you're listening to this there. Maybe you're listening to it on Shit 90 Shows. We don't know. That's the point of a crossover. Yeah. And <laughs> I've got to say real quick, when we when I came up with the idea to talk about this show, I reached out to Sarah and I was like, this, this movie might sort of fit in <laughs> with your podcast theme. And she said, oh, yeah, and it fits in with yours, too. I hadn't even thought of that until you said it. <laughs> <laughs> really? I thought yeah. the whole reason why you came to me with this was because of our lead character, uh, no, Camila Mendez, <laughs> obviously being in Riverdale. So I was like, yeah, this is like the perfect crossover. <laughs> it is. And, and the funny other part is, so if you haven't listened to Kowski Cast, uh, over there I cover Riverdale like Sarah just said, the other show that actually was the first show we covered on Kowski cast was the show called revenge. As well. <laughs> so, so pretty much you're like exclusively, you know, uh, you know, like expert on this subject. Yes. And you're just yeah. like, um, yeah, this is but right the only thing wheelhouse. I could think about was all the '90s movies references. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> '90s movies it. references. Yeah, so if you're if you're finding us in the shit '90s shows taught me feed, and you're like, mm, excuse me, this was made in 2022. <laughs> we know, we understand. First of all, how dare you? We're allowed to break our own rules. Second of all, the reason we're covering it uh, in this amazing crossover event is because there are so many '90s movie references. This feels very much like a modern 90s movie it makes no sense to say that but that's exactly how i feel about this movie yeah absolutely i think that it's definitely the um an ode to the 90s teen like comedy in a way or like dramedy. revenge com- like revenge comedy revenge yeah. teen drama comedy I mean, I'm we, so we have a couple now. of different genres here but all of the above um mary so i think that you were the first one to see it out of the three of us like um and i thought this came out like this week but it just <laughs> did not it's been out since what september Yes, it came out in the end of September, and I watched it on Halloween. So I watched oh. it in October. But uh, my sister came over, and I was like, "Oh, this is like this might be a good sister movie that we can watch while we're waiting for kids to ring the doorbell." Spoilers: No kids rang the doorbells. Very sad, but <laughs> but we did watch the movie. And yeah, I had obviously heard of it because I follow all the Riverdale cast on Instagram. And so I had seen some of Camilla Mendes's updates of making the movie and I thought it looked cool. But I've my new policy recently is like, don't watch any trailers to anything. They they ruin too much. They spoil Mm -hmm. too many things. So I wanted to just kind of go in blind. But I think I had seen a tweet from probably Kirsten McInnes, who's my co-host on Kowski Cast, and uh, saying that she liked the movie. And I'm like, okay, if Kirsten gives it two thumbs up, then I'll check it out. And I don't know about you two. I loved it. Instantly loved it. Yeah. I think for me, it was about two minutes in where I was like, 
this is a movie made for me mm-hmm. um because it's he, a modern clueless in a lot of well, ways okay every single movie that i love from the 90s is basically referenced in this movie or there's bits and pieces of it that were inspired inspired this movie and it is just for me it's so good i've watched it like three times and i have not gotten sick of it yet it is kind of my new favorite movie it's such a great feeling to be watching a movie knowing that you could watch it again in a couple days and you'd be fine like that you you don't get sick of it it was i felt so different after watching this movie than almost any of the other teen netflix movies that have been coming out recently like in the last couple years this one came out and i was like oh that was like a real movie. That felt like not a Netflix movie. It felt yes. like it had a, a, a good plot, smart writing, uh, funny acting. Like th- the whole style of the whole thing is beautiful. Um, so I I really enjoyed it. I loved the, uh, like you said, the 90s references, which because I went into it blind, I didn't realize if I had read like one thing about it going into it, I would have known like that's kind of the point of the movie. But yeah. instead I was sitting there and after, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes, I'm like, huh, this has got to be intentional. All of these references. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is very clueless. This is very Heathers. And this is very yeah. Jawbreakers, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, really exactly. Like it. When you, sh- when you told me about it, Mary, and I saw the, a couple of pictures of it, a couple of stills, I think the words I said to you, I was like, Oh, I'm getting clueless slash Heather vibes. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. So Jess, like what, like overall, what did you think of this movie? I really liked it. Um, I think without giving like, cause this is just in case people are still listening without just cause to know, like, is it worth watching? It's worth watching. Go watch it. Yes. Um, would definitely be what I would say. I would also say like it, it very much surprised me. I think the thing about, a lot of teen comedies um, is that a lot of times they're really predictable. Um, You kind of know how it's going to end. You kind of know what beats they're going to hit throughout the story. And yeah, like to Mary's point, it felt like a real movie. And like what I think Mary means and what I certainly mean by that is like, it feels like a movie you would see in a movie theater. It doesn't feel like a made for TV film, like a lot of Netflix especially rom-coms feel they have that kind of hallmark vibe to Mm -hmm. them um whereas i think this is a lot more like they do call it a a, like a maybe more of a dark comedy it's a revenge story and so it is a little bit dark and twisty um and i really really enjoyed that of course all the homages i'm definitely here for i think it's really fun because uh sarah a lot of the time when we are covering 90s movies Sometimes it can be a bit sad that you go back and watch something and it doesn't necessarily hold up in the same way, um, yeah. either because it feels super outdated and not in the cutesy way of, oh, my gosh, I remember owning that phone in the way of, oh, my God, that guy's so racist. Um, yes, and yes. So, um, it's kind of nice to be able to watch something that has the same vibe as the 90s movies that we know and love, um, especially the school revenge type ones. Um, but isn't as cancelable as as those movies are because mm-hmm. it is modern. Um, so I really, really liked it. I, w- I would recommend people go watch it and then come back and listen to this podcast because we're about to spoil like everything for you. <laughs> yeah. Sounding yeah. endorsement. And um, to go on with that, and so I, I will warn now, I might start to get into spoilers. Yeah, no, full-blown spoiler territory. Loud. If, people want, if you want to see it, go see it. Um, I feel like the whole look of the movie to me is like 90s inspired Gen Z. 
And oh, I'm saying yeah. this as like a very firm millennial. So like, what do I know about <laughs> gender very firm millennial. <laughs> but, but, but like, I feel like all of the stuff, um, and I, I didn't come up with this. I saw this reference in a YouTube video, but they said that it felt like one of the first pieces of content that's about modern day teenagers that feels more like modern day teenagers while fully understanding that it's a very specific group of people here. That's not like, like these are very wealthy, you know, students and sort of like a a fantasy school that probably does exist, but it's it's not the everyday person. But when you compare this to something like um, he's all that right. And like the references that came out in that movie, because that was also very clearly nineties inspired um, modern movie. They're like, Oh, the kids they're on TikTok. that therefore everybody must be TikTok famous in this exactly. movie. And every, and this is like, no, like there's social media. They mentioned the Instagram crowd and stuff, but the, I think the, the Gen Z elements that they put in are a lot more like, realistic like the, the a lot of the guys have their nails painted because that's a thing that like guys do now and it, they don't need to like call it out or talk about it. it's just a thing that, like I, I felt like even though a lot of the actors in the movie are closer to millennial age um I felt like they did a better job representing what more people look like or talk like nowadays yeah, that's a great point. Um, Jessica and I covered uh, Pretty Little Liars Original Sin. And I remember one of the things that we said when we were covering that show was like, sounds like a bunch of boomers are writing dialogue for these teenagers. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't feel like this movie did that. Um, I thought that they talked like teenagers. And I also felt like they dressed like elevated teenagers of course when we get this california high school there's always going to be a sense of elevated fashion i think that uh, clueless was a great representation of that of like who is going to be wearing these ensembles but whoever they are i love them um and I, I was looking at the schoolgirl outfits that they were wearing. It, it reminded me of like a little bit of Scream Queens, but also, mm-hmm. um, but also it reminded me of Clueless or Romy and Michelle or any of those 90s movies. It was really well done. But then it also had like the crop tops and like the the certain there's certain like looks that are very teenager or young 20 something that I think that they nailed really well mm. that made it believable that these kids were high school seniors which is yeah part of the, the the hard thing to do when any of us watch these shows we all know that they're 27 years old pretending to be teenagers yeah, yeah, I really like along those same lines. I thought that the the fashion was one of the main things that really, to me, felt like it did a great job at combining modern, fresh looking fashion with like inspirations from the 90s. Because let's face it, like uh, 90s fashion is back in style now, like 90s and early yeah. aughts is back in style. So I felt like this is honestly the perfect time for them to do these kind of um, homages or kind of love letters to the 90s. Um, and so like, uh, like you're saying, Sarah, even the like um, the the uniforms they have to wear at school are both like feel cluelessy and feel 90s but look like they're modern. They look like something you yeah. would see in 
in a way that is very Hollywood, right? That like, okay, probably most school uniforms aren't this cute, um, but in Hollywood they are. <laughs> it also reminds me of a go- the new Gossip Girl. The new Gossip mm-hmm. Girl did uniforms really well also. But mm-hmm. I swear to goodness, if I didn't have to do um, uniforms when I was in high school, but if I got to wear a cape and a beret <laughs> like these people do, the beret, the- really though, I hated the beret. Really, so I thought, it looks so, so pretentious. Like, like, are you French? What are you doing? They're all pretentious. They're they're all they're wearing capes, Jessica. They are wearing capes. And and this is what I love about this is like when you watch a lot of these movies that it's inspired by. It, when you watch Clueless, modern day or no teens in that time were not dressing like the people in Clueless were like every day, but they were inspired by that look. So when you have a movie, I'd rather the movie say instead of being hyper realistic, we're going to be hyper uh, stylized and we're going to pick a style and we're going to yeah. go with it. And um, it, it reminded me in a lot of ways of like. Um, okay, so some of my references here are not just 90s things, but as a as a person born in 1994, a lot of like very early 2000s stuff is also what I was thinking of as references. So like, totally the click books, those series, um, (gasps) I was very like, uh, just in terms of like the ultra wealthy going to a private school, um, the they didn't have uniforms, but they definitely like talked about fashion in those movies a but lot those or those books, books a lot. Those yes. books had the the pattern, the mm-hmm. um gingham. they have the not, yep. it's not gingham, it's plaid. Like plaid the plaid I guess. print um yes. on the book covers. Yeah. Yes. And so that that was something I thought about a lot. Um not gonna speak as much toward the movie because it wasn't as good, but those books, <laughs> which were early two thousands as well. Um and yeah, like I, obviously the the movie here is set in uh Miami I believe is oh, what they yes. Right, right, right. Yeah. yes um so coastal but it so I don't have like a ton of experience with that area but the idea of like you know much like a something that's like the click is set in New York and a lot of these other movies that we've mentioned are set in California so it's kind of like this you know area that I feel like people think of as like elite um I don't yeah. know like the, a lot of wealthy people live there it's very yeah. Like you're a social light, which is is also how this this movie obviously begins, right? They're in a private, they're all going to a private school. So everyone's family is like super wealthy. Um, and yeah, it's funny, like watching watching this and just watching how many of the boxes they tick for like not even just a 90s teen movie but like kind of just teen movies in general right yeah where we get like a makeover um which gosh i freaking love a makeover and i love that in this movie they call it out as like this is problematic and she's like yeah but i like really want to make over yeah but it's fun it's fun (laughs) i loved that line it was so because that's exactly how i feel whenever i see a makeover on my screen whether it be movie or tv or I mean, I even do makeovers in my like D and D character because I just love that trope so much. It just brings me so much joy. It's fun. Like it might not be like the best thing, but it brings me so much joy. I love a makeover. Was anyone else addicted to 
trading spaces, boys versus girls when they were younger. <laughs> I remember you trading spaces. But trading spaces, boys versus girls was the kid version where they would have like <laughs> preteens and teenagers. And I looked it up. I wanted to apply, but the application was ridiculous. It was like, your bedroom must be like 20 by 20 foot or bigger. And I'm like, well, psh, never mind. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you had Big to bedroom. have, um, yeah, you had to have like, if you were a girl applying, you had to have a boy that you knew who would be willing to do it, who lived like a mile away or less and so i was like well how I does know. anybody get on this show with I those don't... requirements <laughs> yeah but you just like they would switch and they would be like well mary likes candy so we're going to turn her entire room into a candy store oh, <laughs> no. That's oh, so they were so extreme and i would watch it and be like this 14 year old will like this room for a year and then want to change it because they would do like beach themed and put sand in the room. What oh, kind of idea yes. is horrible? So oh, extra no, and awful. That. I remember like very like something very similar on all of those shows had like ridiculous things like that. Like Pimp My Ride, there was a guy who got a hot tub put in oh, the yeah. back of like his car. <laughs> and I'm like, how? How are you supposed to just drive around with a hot tub in your car? I don't know, but my Polly Pockets car had that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they remade Polly Pockets. Remember how they made Polly Pockets and they were big and it was like BS? And it's like, these yeah. are not the Just legit Polly Pockets. In your pocket. But like, guess yeah. what? They are they remade them again and they really are small again. Oh, yay. So I asked for Christmas for a Polly Pocket. <laughs> <laughs> it's all I want. Is what? Freaking, yeah. What are you gonna do with it? I just play with it, like feel <laughs> my inner child. Like all I want, okay, is a Polly Pocket. It's just like the only thing that I want. Listen, the heart wants Christmas. what the heart wants, and it wants a Polly Pocket. <laughs> oh my gosh! So if anyone is listening to this who isn't planning on watching the movie but wants a really quick summary. Uh, let's see. We've got our main character, Drea, played by Camila Mendez, which we'll talk about more in a mo- minute, um, who's like in the popular crowd. Sometimes they say she was the most popular girl at school, but then it's like really easy to get rid of her. So how popular was she? Exactly. Um, and she's dating like a really popular guy at school and everything's going great for her. Until he asks her to send him a sex tape, which she does, and then he leaks it everywhere and sends it to everyone else. That's why you can't trust boys with Snapchat. Lesson learned. And um, and then because of that, she punches him. And I think it's really the punching of him more so than the sex tape that like ruins her reputation. And um, then when she comes back to school the next year after meeting a girl named Eleanor over the summer, Eleanor moves to her school and gives a really... Uh, a really traumatic story of like a, a mean girl that had um, outed her and turned uh, called her a predator when she was like 13 at summer camp or something. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, so they go to school and they're both like, okay, we're going to do revenge for each other. And uh, Eleanor is going to take down Drea's ex-boyfriend. And Drea is going to take down the girl who outed Eleanor um, at summer camp. And they spend most of the movie like coming up with these plans and bonding, doing a makeover, like Sarah said. Um, but a uh, plot twist towards the end of the movie, it turns out Drea was the mean girl all along. <laughs> yes. Eleanor. Yeah. And, and uh, this was Eleanor's big plan she saw that uh, Drea went to the school and she was like I'm going to infiltrate this and she befriended Drea and was like I am actually going to ruin you from the inside Um, and that was a really interesting twist I don't think it's I really saw it coming 
The only thing that I got flagged with was so uh, in the very, very beginning, Drea doesn't really give Eleanor much time of day, but Mm -hmm. her car doesn't start and she needs to get a ride from uh, Eleanor. And that's kind of how their friendship starts. And I just I remember Eleanor saying something where it's like, oh, your car issue is blank. I used to fix up old cars at my dad's garage or something like that. And that was the only time and when her car didn't start, there was like a little inkling in my head that I was like, hmm, maybe Eleanor like did something to the car. Yeah, I think it's pretty clever because if you if you don't see anything coming, it might be a complete surprise. To me, I would say it was like, 90% of a surprise because I also clocked the car thing early on. I was like, "Mm, I feel like she probably did this. But then I guess I just made myself believe like, well, maybe she did it because she wanted to befriend her. That's the (laughs) genius of it. Enough time passes and they become good friends. For me, I didn't necessarily, I, you know, the car thing was weird. It didn't really sit in my brain for very long. That was kind of like, bloop. Okay. Gone. Who cares? Um, what I did notice was like, I think I was doing something that morning and I was like, oh, I got to pause down. Like I had to go change the laundry or something. And I hit pause on my TV and I was like, oh my God, there's like 40 minutes left of this movie. I was like, how, how is there that much time? And so then I probably should have realized like, oh, there's going to be a massive twist because then there's a whole mess of other crap that has to happen. But I did notice the time I thought was like, this is a longer movie for like at least where we were in the storyline. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, we're getting to the part where the revenge should almost be done and then we wrap things up you know um but it kept going it was also something where i feel like when the twist happens and it's revealed that eleanor is sort of like trying to take revenge on drea this whole time um like something clicked in my brain that was like oh i feel like i had seen a tweet or heard someone mention something about there being a twist but i had completely forgotten it (laughs) when i went to watch the movie i will say on a rewatch it's way more obvious. It is, which is really cool. I love when movies do that. Yes. There's almost like almost everything that Eleanor says early on and a lot of the looks that she gives Drea are very much hinting that she's doing something the whole time. Like a it I let me see. I wrote some of them down. Um and also the fact that like one of the first lines in the whole movie is Drea saying that, um, uh, let's see. She says, you know, when you, when you've really reached the top, when someone wants to destroy you in this story, nothing is as it seems. And Drea mm. says that it's like the second line of the movie. And, and then you forget about it. <laughs> um, yeah. Until well, later on. You just want them to be, cause all you want is for this to be the story where Drea is reformed from being a nasty mean girl to mm-hmm. being like best friends with the school weirdo or whatever. And you want both of them to, to get their revenge because I mean, let's be fair. We start off the movie with Nora being a, vi- or excuse me, uh, Drea being a victim of like right. uh, her boyfriend sending out like uh, an intimate video of her, like a sex tape. And so we're very conditioned instantly to be sympathetic towards her and to want to root for her because her boyfriend is a douche. And so, like, it's one of those things where, of course, we don't want to believe that Drea could possibly do anything so nasty as what Nora is talking about. Right. But also, it's like you see throughout the movie, like, Drea never really is totally reformed. Like, she still has, like, that edge to her where she's 
bloodthirsty for revenge and taking people down and isn't very, you know, sympathetic towards other people a lot of the times. But once again, like, yeah, we meet her and we're like, oh, like we, we want, we're rooting for her. Um, back to Mary's point, like about, I just, I'm thinking like one of the first lines that Eleanor says is like, she doesn't know this yet, but we're going to be besties. And like when you first hear it, it's kind of like, yeah, like maybe she's like not used to being that Valley girl, like besties, woo. But like, there's like such an edge to the way that Maya Hawk says that line that mm-hmm. if you interpret it differently, she's like, she's kind of snarking on that. And it's very interesting how you can perceive things two different ways once you complete the movie. Yeah, I had initially interpreted that as so I was surprised um, after the beginning of the movie and there's a good 10, 15 minutes before the opening credits happen and then they switch point of views from Drea to Eleanor and when we get start getting there's a lot of narration in this movie and when we start getting Eleanor's narration I was unclear whether or not that was sort of happening like from the perspective of that time or if it was like later on. And so when she said that line, I was thinking, oh, maybe this is just like future self narrating and like, oh, they're going to happen to be best friends or, or she, for whatever reason is targeting Drea and wanting to seek her out and, uh, you know, injuring her car so they can become friends, but for good reasons. Cause like she wants to be friends with her. (laughs) I didn't, I just didn't, I didn't make the connection. Um, but there is, there's all kinds of moments and it's, it's really obvious, um, on a, on a second watch, like, there's a line where Drea is talking about how um, narcissistic people uh, can't yes. like see what's coming to them. And when she says that, Eleanor gives her a look like, really? No. <laughs> really? And uh, I remember on the first time, like pausing that and rewatching that and being like, that's a weird look there. Um, oh, well. And then I just mm-hmm. stopped thinking about it. And And even when she's telling Drea the story at the beginning, which I will say is the most unrealistic part of this movie is the fact that Drea did this horrible thing to Eleanor when they were, I'm just going to double check. It was either 13 or 14, which regardless was three to four years ago, given the fact that they are rising seniors. And I'm like, how do you forget something when it was three to four years ago that you did? And she spells out exactly what it was. And then she pauses and looks at Drea and Drea says, oh my gosh, that's horrible. Like, wow, that person's terrible. And you can tell that she's like, wow, she does not realize that was her. Because even if she doesn't recognize Eleanor, which maybe she wouldn't because, you know, Mm -hmm. Eleanor got a, changed her name and got a rhinoplasty and right. There's all these things that she did. Um, Maybe, maybe you can't recognize someone's face, but you would think from hearing a story of literally something that you did in like, Mary is saying an exact detail of like, oh, it was at a summer camp. Like it wasn't, it wasn't just like, oh, it's school. Like it's very specific details. And yeah, it, it takes a very narcissistic, self-centered person to just frankly, just forget that. And it's like, when you think about it, it's like how many awful things has Drea done that she just really doesn't even remember doing or doesn't think twice about doing, which is mm-hmm. even more terrifying. Um, and, yeah, it's awful. And it was complicated, too, because it, the the instance in question is, yeah, they go to a summer camp and um, 
Eleanor idolizes Drea and says that that girl made her feel confident and safe. And so Eleanor opens up to Drea, tells her that she's queer, and she says it felt great. It was really awesome to open up to someone. And then the girl, Drea, um, told everyone that Eleanor tried to hold her down and kiss her. And I think the complicated part is that they needed to make this a thing that, like, part of me feels like if this had happened young enough to where they could have realistically forgotten about it, like eight, nine, 10, maybe even 11 years old. I almost feel like, and, and, you know, I'm sure that there are people out there who have experiences, but I almost feel like at that point, other people might've forgotten or like not thought of it as such a big thing at the time. So it needed to be old enough to where it was remembered by Eleanor and other people, but not by Drea. And that, and that's where it was, it didn't quite hit the mark with me, but like I said, this movie is not the most realistic. <laughs> just, I, it's just fun. Yeah, I, I, I actually, um, I don't know if I realized that they were as old as thirteen. I really do think, like, when I was thinking back on the movie, that in my head I rewrote it to that they were younger, like eight mm-hmm. or ten. But I think that just is right. Like, I think that Drea has done so many nasty things in her life um, that she just forgot. Um, I, it, it's it's terrible, but I, I, I guess yeah. that's the what's going it's- on. It's really funny that we end up like this really does kind of feel gosh, I'm trying to think of like which movie it feels most like because even like Cher and Clueless, she's really not malicious ever. Like, yeah, she's popular and stuff, but nothing she's ever doing is really with malicious intent. Um, I guess it gives me much more of a um, like a Mean Girls vibe mm-hmm. or um, I'm thinking even um, what was the other movie I was thinking of? I don't know. It's just like where the girls are much harder they're like they're sturdier right it's like oh but we still we're still like very entertained by them and we want to watch them but we're not we don't like love them because let's face it drea is really mean and has done some really really awful things and eleanor like does some really deplorable awful things in the name of in the sake of revenge um but still deplorable like <laughs> she literally like t-bones drea's car like drea has to go to the hospital <laughs> like there's so yeah. many terrible like, i think the moment i was starting to be like oh my gosh these girls was when they decide that the the best way to get um those students caught uh making like growing drugs on school property was by drugging the students yeah that's horrible. Like, Where are you? what are we yeah. doing yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's like you guys aren't the good guys. <laughs> what are no, you doing? No. Um and and that's why like before I clicked on the movie, I saw that it said teen dark comedy. And I was like, okay, dark comedy. And that made me think of like, okay, Heathers or yeah. something more along that lines. Like, yeah, you know, Mean Girls, while there is some really like horrible stuff that happens in Mean Girls, it's a lot more like exaggerated things that people really do whereas in it's this like one, over the top on purpose because it's, yes. a, it's a parody of those types of movies yeah so there was a point about halfway through this movie where i'm like okay we've definitely leaned into the darkness a bit yeah um, but even when we first meet eleanor she says my therapist says that hurt people hurt people but i just don't think that applies to teenage girls i think sometimes they're just evil yeah. and she also talking about herself there as well yeah absolutely oh sarah you know what the movie was that it was reminding me of what's that we just covered this recently cruel intentions yeah yes 
and, and obviously we have Sarah Michelle Geller, and she's the principal, and of course she's like just like her character Catherine. Um, but I think the reason it even more gives me Cruel Intentions vibes is because it's like Cruel Intentions if both Catherine and like the innocent girl were both evil. <laughs> uh, yeah, like Reese Witherspoon's character. Um, what was her name? I forget. Yeah, I'm blanking on it. But if they were and... both evil, that's kind of what like do revenge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it. I definitely got Cruel Intentions vibes as well, and I. Annette is her character. Annette. Okay. I was close with Anne. I wasn't that far off. Um, That's so true because I think that one of the things that, you know, you just recently saw Criminal Intentions for the first time that you were so taken by, you were like, what in the world is Sebastian and Catherine doing? The reason. (laughs) the the um like Sarah Michelle Geller in the Ryan Phillippe roles you're like what like what kind of like menaces are these people and um, yeah just these people are menaces but it's like one is a secret menace which I think is so much more fun because you're not like you the whole time the whole conceit of the movie is built upon you sympathizing with Nora and feeling bad for her mm-hmm. and wanting and you you equally want both of them to get revenge right you want Drea and Nora both to get be best friends and you know fulfill their destinies of seeking revenge on those who wronged them um but like secretly the whole time you don't un- you don't know that like they're both kind of evil <laughs> like even though but this is the thing right like this is why they say hurt people hurt people because like uh for eleanor she i mean maybe she always had that little bit in her right that potential the little moat of potential of like she could do bad things but the reason that it was released into the world is because of what Drea did to her that tarnished right. her and painted her and made her just this have this bitterness inside of her that she needed to expel. Um, whereas Drea is a little bit more like been living her whole privileged life, messing up well, people's lives and not realizing Drea is not privileged. And that's why she was always trying to fight to be on top because uh, Drea um her mom is a nurse. She lives a very humble life. She's at the private school on scholarship. Right. The party in the very beginning, when we first meet her, like, I mean, that, that whole birthday party where they had cupcakes with their face on it was paid by her best friend. Um, oh, it's worse than being a birthday party. It's not even that. This is the one thing when I watched the movie the first time where I'm like, what is this event that is happening? It is a congratulations, Drea, for getting on the Teen Vogue Next Generation list. That's, That's what, that what party the party is, is for. And it's also a party for her having a feature in the school magazine. It's not even, oh, I was like, oh, well, she's like magazine. on the magazine, but it's just like a magazine written by her friend oh at gosh. school who later does a piece on Max. So that was the one thing because they really don't like, they, they don't really walk you through this movie very much. They jump around a lot. There's a lot of different points of view and narration and there's, they kind of just throw you into whatever the event is. And mm-hmm. this one, it def- that one definitely took me a while to figure out like, what is happening? Yeah. But there's party. balloons with her faces on it. There are, there's balloons. There's a, a bush that's carved oh, bush. to look like her. Yeah. But the party <laughs> is very outfit. understated. Oh, it's very, understated. very um, understated. Yeah. The dialogue is hilarious in this movie. Um, yeah, she uh, she like like Sarah says, she says, I've spent 17 years meticulously curating the perfect life. And now that I have it, no one's going to take it away from me. Um, and then it immediately gets taken away. Sorry, Drea. Yeah. Shouldn't yeah. have shouldn't have known. set yourself up for that. Known. Um, yeah. yeah, but 
Uh, so do we want to go through, uh, I have a list here of all of the movies that I felt like this movie yeah. referenced and Let's we can talk kind of about some of the moments. Um, so we've mentioned Clueless, which is made in 1995 or released in 1995. Um, I think like right off the bat, the most obvious one for me was the school uniforms, um, mm-hmm. which definitely sort of, while Cher doesn't have a uniform, her and um, Dion both wear like the plaid outfits all the time um, in that movie. Uh, yeah. Do you have, do you have some, I have a whole list. So I want to see, let you, let you oh, guys. Oh yeah, there was Horowitz Hall, which oh, is yeah. Cher's Hart. last name. Yeah. Yes, Horowitz Hall. Um, um, the... And Mean Girls also does this, but Clueless does as well, where they're giving the tour and it's like, oh, like these are the nerds and well, these are the stoners. Ten Things I Hate About You does it too. That's the thing. Like that's yep. such a 90s trope that like every movie does it in the 90s. And what I actually really, really liked about that was I didn't catch this the first time, but on the second time, um, this was another nitpick I had in the movie was when um, Gabby, who we later find out is Max's younger sister, when she gives Eleanor a tour of the school, I thought she was like her assigned tour buddy or something. But no, Eleanor's just standing in front of the school and Gabby walks up and we're like, want, want a tour? And, <laughs> and, Eleanor, and Eleanor says, well, I wouldn't be. She's, uh, she says something like, hold on, I wrote it down. It was about 90s movies. She says, um, oh my gosh. Give it a tour. Here it is. Um, she says, I, as a disciple of 90s teen movies, I'd be offended if I didn't get one. Yeah. So yeah, they that's like, a good line. That, which but also they update it too. Because, yes. like, it, you know, it's like, oh, these are like the goths, right? In the 90s, it would be like, yeah. these are the goths, these are the jocks, these are the whatever. It's like queen bees. Where in this one, it was like, oh, those are the Instagram witches. And there's the horny theater kids who try to mount a mostly white production of Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. I, I also loved this on the second watch. They're playing Zip Zap Zop in the oh. background. And I'm like, oh, wow, the that? attention to yeah. detail. So, <laughs> yes. Mary, you had to have done um, improv classes, right? I did. I did theater. And we did it as a warm up. But yeah. 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 <laughs> when I took improv classes when I was a kid, it was always we were always Zip Zap Zopping. Yes. Yes. Um, th- I thought that was so funny. Yeah. And, uh, but like th- this one definitely in 10 things I hate about you and in, um, clueless, they both do the walk and talk tour outside. And so that also helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I also put me girls for that. Um, they're also the, the popular kids are sitting around the fountain, which they do a lot of like sitting around the yes, fountain and posing and clueless, and clueless. Yeah. also made me think of friends. Like I know that that's yeah. Yeah, uh, not a not a movie, but I'm there. And um, there's a scene later on later on when Drea is uh, in class and she's writing and she has that same like fluffy pink tipped pin. Oh, she has. has that. Yeah. Yeah. I that was one I did notice when I was watching. Um, I, I didn't see like Horowitz Hall. <laughs> I think uh, I had that pen in blue. It came with like a little diary, you know, ooh, with one of those little locks on yes. it. Yes. Um, yeah. All of, all of those. Absolutely. I was thinking even the narration is very clueless um, because uh, Cher narrates her own story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's also very Mean Girls, too, because Katie does yeah. that. Yeah. They also have. So I don't know if either of you I haven't seen this one, but there's a couple references to the movie Election from 1999. Oh, we, yes. We, recently watched, we okay. recently watched Election uh, in the PSR Discord. Mm-hmm. And that was one that the um, 
the writers of this movie said that they, when they were thinking of doing the voiceovers from multiple points of view, they were referencing that movie. And that is a big revenge story as well. Like not yes. in the same way. It's not like girl versus girl, teen girl versus teen girl. It's like teacher versus teen girl. Oh, that was, <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. Like the teacher. It's very like... weird now. That's what I'm saying. Like it's very outdated because it, but it's, it's, I guess it's that way on purpose, right? Because she drives him so mad that he just loses his mind. <laughs> yeah, it's like this girl who's like a perfectionist and it, it, he just like, the teacher is just so over and annoyed with her that he's like, I can't have her be school president because I run school. Uh, the student council. Yeah, he doesn't want to spend, spend time with her. Time. She's so annoying. Yeah. So yeah, plays by Reese Witherspoon, and then Matthew Broderick is in it. It's a really good movie. And that's um, what they also said about that movie was um, they referenced the line when Drea says, "Narcissists never know they're being played," and they said that a character in that movie. Jim McAllister, apparently. Oh, that's, that's that. uh, Jim McAllister is uh, Matthew Broderick. So that's okay. The mm-hmm. And then they said that like Drea's ambition of trying to get into Yale. Yes. Um, yep. It mimics Tracy's. That reminds me. Yeah, that totally reminds Tracy me Flick. of that. It also reminded me of Blair from Gossip Girl. All she wanted to do is get into Yale. And guess who gone to Yale instead? Serena Vanderwoods and you stupid, oh, stupid classic. bee. Yeah, it's a classic. classic. You know, in Riverdale, I'm just going to tie this in now here. Yeah. Um, there's also a big plot point about people wanting to get into Yale. And um, <laughs> three Everybody kids want to get into Yale. Spoilers for Riverdale season four. Three kids want to get into Yale. Yeah. Two of them get in. They say, like, they don't have a spot for the other one. One of them dies. And they're like, what? well, you can take their spot. <laughs> <laughs> It's so bad. You're just like when the person dies, people are like, "I bet you just wanted their spot in Yale." I'm like, "That's not how it works." (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's kind of what they did in this movie too, because they because once Max gets suspended at the end of the movie, um, Sarah Michelle Gellar was like, "Hey, if you want, I can call Yale and you can take his spot." I can't make any promises. It's like. You don't even have like the authority to even offer that. It's not a. This is not a thing. Um, all right, we talked about ten things I hate about you from nineteen ninety nine. With the talking about the school clicks, there's also the really obvious. Drea and Russ have a paintball fight I that was, um, was I, obsessed. And when yes. I tell you. 10 Things I Hate About You was the film. It was like one of my favorites. And it was like the one where every time that paintball scene came on, I was like, I just want my first kiss to be playing paintball like in the hay. And like when I saw them throwing these, this also reminded me of Princess Diaries. When they're yes, just like I wrote throwing, down Princess Diaries. <laughs> throwing these like paint balloons. I was like, yes, I was living for that I moment. Loved that. Yes. Princess Good. Diaries from 2001. So very close to the 90s um, where Mia and her mom throw darts at the paintball balls that are the paint balloons as well um also just on 10 things i hate about you for a second um so i watched the movie many times growing up and i'm like oh this is a cute movie and then my brother moved to seattle and i went to visit him and he's like oh do you want to go to this park do you want to go like to this bridge and the whole time i was there i'm like this is 10 things i hate about you this is the park they did the paintball this is the bridge they walked under. Oh my gosh. Troll, troll. And I had no idea because I don't know. I guess when I watched it, I just didn't realize they were it was set in Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know that either. How fun. Ah. Yeah. So that's fun. Um, okay. Cruel Intentions, 1999. Yes. So. Which this movie, this was a movie that I watched probably for the first time in like, I don't know, 10th or 11th grade. 
And I felt like when I watched, I felt like I was too young. Like that just shows my like growing up when I watched it, I'm like, yeah. oh, I, I, I shouldn't be watching this movie. Yeah. So I like watched it at saw, school, like when I was staying me. after at on my school? laptop. I would, I, oh my like, n- like after school, I would pick up my brother and take him home. So I was like sitting at school. I'm like, I can't watch this at home. Like I'll watch it on my computer. <laughs> I can't watch this at home. But um, yeah, man, that movie. Uh, and so that movie is based on um, the book. Oh, here's going to be butchering some French here. Les Liaisons Dangerous or something, which is the Dangerous Liaisons. Yeah, um, yeah. Which Let's... was also another movie. And that was made, the book was in 1782, but the original wow. movie was earlier than that. So that's what Cruel Intentions is based on. And uh, Cruel Intentions itself, much like several of these other movies we've talked about, like 10 Things I Hate About You, was the 90s trend of like making movies based on like Shakespeare and yes. like, other classic of the true and Othello yeah. and all those. Yeah. yeah. She's the man and uh, yes. Twelfth Night. Yeah. Stuff like that. So um, and I think I think even she's all that is one of them, but I'm not going to get into it. Uh, right. So, yeah. yeah, I feel that feels like a thing. So obviously, Sarah Michelle Geller like you mentioned, um, who's basically just playing her character. Catherine. Which she I love. Yeah. so much Catherine in that. I was like, Kath- uh, I was like, can you imagine a world where Catherine got hired as a uh, private school headmistress? Oh, and the horrors of the horrors. I just, I wanted at one point for like, I don't know, at the end of the movie for um, the headmaster to like pull out the necklace or whatever <gasps> oh, that she had I Catherine wore. I would have flipped a shit. Yeah, that would have been so good. That would be yeah. so good. Um, also, uh, I, have either of you watched Buffy? Mm-mm. No, we, we, I, um, I'm like circling around Buffy. I watched the first episode. Okay. I, I had so many people tell me that I should watch Buffy when I was like in college. And I said, I can't because all I can see Sarah Michelle Keller as oh, is the character from Cruel Yeah. yeah you're like, like, how is she a hero? <laughs> I, like, I can't be a hero. Um, whereas I, most people I think feel the opposite. They watched Buffy and they're like, I can't watch her be the mean girl. Um, anyway. Mm-hmm. So uh, also at the end of the movie, um, Drea and Eleanor driving off together in the car is like very yes. driving off yeah. in the car by and in the beginning Eleanor was driving on the bridge yes uh, on the bridge yeah just like Cruel Intentions um, also the song there's a, a song that plays um, yes Fat Boy Slim's Praise You plays in the background of the scene where they take Max down at the end of the movie yeah uh, which is also mm. played in Cruel Intentions yeah the um, the last scene when Sebastian was um, at Sebastian's funeral and the pa- the books um, started getting passed out and everybody was like, what, what's going on? What's going on? And that was very reminiscent of Do Revenge when everybody was getting the text messages <gasps> and everybody started talking. And yes. We, it happened yes. twice. It happened um, when uh, Drea and Nora uh, announced that uh, Max was cheating on everybody and everything. And then it happened at the end where it was at the the party where the audio, when they outed him, that he was responsible for leaking the video in the first place. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was very cruel intentions. It definitely was. Um, in that uh, we've mentioned it a couple times, Mean Girls, obviously, 
lots of references here as well. Um, But that was also one where, so the, the imagery where Drea and Eleanor leak Max's texts and there's like havoc in the hallways. There's like a teacher blowing the fire out of the trash can um, with the burn book. Like that is all very, very reminiscent. Um, There's even a scene where Drea is like standing in the middle of the hall while people like run around her in chaos. That's very similar to um, Regina standing there as well. Um, a lot of similar imagery in the scene where they drug the entire senior class. Um, there's a student who tries to use their shoe and like tries to get their mom to come pick them up, which is the same as um, yes. when a kid in Mean Girls is like, mom, come pick me up. The girls are going crazy. I want to mm-hmm. go home. It's not safe here. Um, Even and- um, how Eleanor becomes the monster eventually. Yes. Yep. That was the next one I was going to say. Eleanor's oh, okay. entire arc fits Caddy's arc. Sorry, Caddy. Katie's arc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote C-A-D-Y. It's C-A-D-Y. That's I know. how you spell your name. It's confusing, Katie. Yeah. How about you just um, change your name to a regular spelling? No offense. But then a reverse there uh, in Do Revenge, Drea forgets Eleanor's birthday, which really upsets her. And uh, Katie forgets Janice's art show at the oh, end, which yeah. is like a big turn in their friendship and then um when eleanor hits drea with the car i was <laughs> kind of inspired by the regina getting hit by the bus <laughs> totally. oh my gosh yes. you know, um the school bus yeah now have either of you seen jawbreaker from 1990 yes so i actually watched jawbreaker the same time i watched do revenge the first day because okay. i was so inspired to continue <laughs> and i think that do revenge has a lot of really specific um references to jawbreaker um but jawbreaker is like 10 times more cracked um <laughs> one, line, one line in particular that was a direct rip was when um Drea was like, I'm going to murder them. And uh, Eleanor was like, really? And and then Drea was like, no, stupid. Like, I'm just joking. <laughs> that was a direct line from Jawbreaker. Um, the Definitely the, the way that um, – I don't know if Jawbreaker was the first one to do it, but you know how in these teen movies – all the mean girls are always walking in a line horizontally down yes. the hall and not always, single file. Always. You're really always. taking up a lot of hallway space. They did that in Jawbreaker. Um, a little bit of the fashion, but definitely like the mean girl aesthetic. Jawbreaker is a trip and a half. I recommend people watching it, but um, it's wild. It's It's more like Heather's than it is like clueless there's a little bit of like a cult classic like kind of ooky spooky feeling to it um but i really liked it it was just wild i was watching it i'm like what the heck is happening here (laughs) crazy i definitely need to add that one to my list to watch next um another line the, the one you mentioned of course but another one is the line where drea says i created you and i can just as easily destroy you yes is also very similar to the i made you i can just as easily break you which was yeah. in jawbreaker yes um, yeah so there's a makeover uh moment so uh the mean girl makes over um gosh judy greer Everybody's I love like, Judy Greer. I know everyone's favorite side character, and Judy Greer 
becomes like this like really popular girl kind of like Eleanor but then she becomes like the meanest bitch ever herself <laughs> kind of like a Katie kind of like an Eleanor and she just becomes like this monster um and that was the line that the original mean girl said to they named her first name was Fern and they changed her name to Violet so she only <laughs> went by the name Violet in the movie well okay I had seen that and I wrote it down. I'm like, I have no idea how to pronounce this. Hopefully Sarah knows. Yeah, Violet. Because okay. like, her name was Fern, which Fern's an adorable name. But she's like, Fern, you know what? This was a 90s movie, yeah. right? Jawbreaker. Yeah. By 90s standards, Fern was not an adorable name. Like yeah. by today's standards, people love a freaking nature name. Adler and Kane and... Uh, you know, yeah. like all those, all like these very, names, yeah. You know, Hunter. Well, the 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 line was, "Why would you want to be a plant when you can be a flower?" Oh, oh. What a genius <laughs> line! Yeah, all the That's enemies good. just That's for that good. line. Yeah, I I really do think that people should watch Jawbreaker just because it's it, number one, like it's just wild and crazy, but also it's. It's. It, I think like you're going to find a lot of references to modern day TV, like Do Revenge or other things, and be like, "Oh, that's what they were referencing this in this movie." Gotcha. Um, anything else for from the Jawbreaker that you've the, seen? The one other one I had was um, in Jawbreaker. Apparently, someone has a license plate that just says "bitch," and at the beginning of this oh, movie, yeah. going to Rhea's party, someone has a license plate that says "D U M B T C H." I thought that was also good. And let me just tell you, as someone who has personally purchased a vanity license plate, yeah, uh, those would not fly either of those. Nice. You cannot. Not. Does that get rejected? Can't get that. No, you have to like let it. It has to go through the process and they flag it yeah, they if they don't think it's do shit if you do like SH exclamation well you don't do SH one T, they're not gonna let you do it. They won't no. let you do it. No? Yeah, because once I mm. really want <laughs> this is so dumb, but who cares? Um, I want it so the I have a golden retriever and he's very fluffy. And like the hair, the fluff that he gets on like his hind quarters, we call it his butt fluff because that's what it is. It's butt fluff. And so I looked up once if I could get butt fluff as a vanity plate, <laughs> and they wouldn't let me use butt. Isn't that dumb? <laughs> no butt. No butt in the state of New York. Not allowed. I think that if you, I mean, maybe some more. Maybe some states are a little bit less, you know, finicky there. Yeah, you get it, the you New, do the things. New York. On New York, well, they won't let that fly. Um, so uh, I want to, sorry, I missed one earlier that I want to make sure I, I say uh, when we were talking about cruel intentions um, at the school assembly, Gabby is reading the book, Dangerous Liaisons. So that's oh, there you go. Yes, 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 um, of course. Yes. Okay. So Sarah, you also mentioned this one earlier and forgive me because I haven't seen this movie. Is it Romy and Michelle? Romy and Michelle? Romy and Michelle. Michelle's Michelle's I haven't the seen that. Outfits, tell me it's the outfits when they go Mary. into that, that dance or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Uh, made in 1997. Basically, they call out um, like several of Drea's outfits, like the, her part, party dress in the beginning and also her uh, dress and whole whole styling at yes. the end. One with the zippers. I think it's Eleanor that's wearing it. I think it's, a, is it orange? And there's yeah. all these zippers all over it. I could not stop thinking about Romy and Michelle because that's, it gave me those exact vibes of like only yes. Romy and Michelle would wear these ridiculous, ridiculous outfits. outfits. So um, the fashion designer, Mona May, um, who was the fashion designer for Clueless, I've talked about this before, also was the fashion designer for Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. It was 
also the fashion designer for Never Been Kissed. And you know Josie Grossi when she was wearing that coat with the fluffy collar? That's uh-huh. like so much do revenge as well. I just love that fashion designer so much. Um, the costume designer for this movie was Alana Morshed, and uh, she's a genius. She did a great job. So uh, if you don't watch the YouTube channel Modern Girls, which I believe is Girls with a Z, kind of a silly name, but really great YouTube channel if you're interested in any of like the fashion and movies or TV shows. Um, they, they've they done a whole video on um, Mona May. And so I have no, like my references to most of these movies are the ones that I haven't seen are because of that YouTube channel. Um, they do a lot. Uh, they they'll like they just did one all about um, different like fashion subcultures. So they did one on like cottage core, and they just did one on yes. um, uh, like the evolution of like witch fashion culture in yes. media. And whimsy stuff. goth is whimsy, yes, whimsy goth, goth the ultimate autumn aesthetic. Yes, oh and they God. they made one on do revenge as well, which is. Well, where yeah. I got some of these references. I'm gonna so to, highly this, recommend that YouTube channel if you don't watch it. Uh, this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of the night. Yes, it's great. <laughs> You've lost me. I'm gone yeah. forever. <laughs> I, I This is what I'm here for, to um, get people to wa- subscribe to new YouTube channels. <laughs> That's <laughs> the main thing. Um, there's a quick one from Strangers on a Train, which was from 1951, where Eleanor is reading Strangers on a Train by Alfred Hitchcock. And um, uh, one article I set, found said that Do Revenge is actually based loosely on that book as well. Mm. Um, the idea of uh, people doing each other's revenge and um, meeting who are strangers, but maybe not. I am making all this up, by the way. Do not quote me if that is like <laughs> not what Strangers on a Train is about, but like that's what I saw. So It was an ingenious plan if you think about it. It was. One step removed. You wouldn't, yes, you're one step removed or a few steps removed. They didn't, nobody knew that they knew each other up until. Well, the, the only thing is they needed to stay yeah they needed to make sure they kept apart from each other yeah drink got a little i feel very vindicated one of my things is saying things like fact that i have no idea about and i but they just from context clues sound like they would be right the story of strangers on a train (laughs) is two strangers who meet on a train one of whom is a psychopath who suggests that they exchange murders so neither of them will be caught the film in um and then it received mixed reviews apparently but now is much is regarded much more favorably anyway that's apparently what the plot is based on so amazing um you facted correctly great i made that up but it was true okay (laughs) heathers 1988 so late 80s yes um there's the a couple as well. Here. Fashion, of course. Um, uh, like we've mentioned, Heather's is a bit darker, but is a lot of the inspiration for a lot of dark comedies that have come after it. Um, there's not as much murder <laughs> or any murder in this movie, but um, the brutal way that they take people down, both with hitting hitting them with a car, the drugging, and I would argue also the reference you said where Drea says. I'm going to murder them and then says no in Heather's she really would murder them so oh absolutely <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. yeah they they really um who what who, it was Christian Bale is that who the guy in the movie was I'm trying to remember I haven't seen Heather's I've never seen <laughs> you haven't seen Heather's I've never seen Heather's either <laughs> 
Oh, Heather's in the music. Christian Slater, excuse me. Christian Slater. Yeah, yeah. Christian Slater. Um, yeah, he he was so what he did was he was kind of like the the evil guy that comes in and Winona Ryder was whose name was Veronica. Um, she was like they the Heathers were the like the mean girls. They like tolerated Veronica, but they were terrible in the school so christian slater was like hey veronica like we can get rid of all these mean girls and then they were doing the murders together okay did either of you watch the show recess of course okay i now i feel like i'm making this up but i don't know if this thing was there a clique of girls who all had the same name yes Yes. ashley's yeah ashley's i wonder if that was based on the heather it has to be it has to be yeah yeah i you know what's funny because i remember in elementary school i really did not like any other sarah (laughs) oh yeah neither did i i like i boycotted there were no other marys there was like mary ann's mary kate's mary claire's and i finally my senior year a freshman came in and her name was mary and she was my bang class and i'm like you're not going by mary no you're out (laughs) of here get out of here yeah i'm surprised i mean like i give props to anyone who's like you have the same name as me okay we're best friends like um, I'm thinking, or even Taylor Lautner, who is now <laughs> married to Taylor Lautner, like yeah. the audacity. Um, no, why are like you that. married to somebody that has this same exact name? Like, you know, that's just going, going overboard, but yeah. Oh gosh. Um, so also when at the uh, end of the movie, when Drea visits Carissa at rehab, she's playing croquet and croquet yes. has big Heather's energy. Oh yeah. Um, Let's see. They I have a couple, couple quick ones. Um, Fatal Attraction, which was 1987. They talk about Glenergy, and in that movie, Glenn Close's role as an obsessive stalker, um, which they sort of joke about Eleanor having Glenergy, and then later on, it's like, oh no, she's definitely she got really Glenergy. is having Glenergy. <laughs> yeah. Truly, um, yeah. Uh, this one is not a direct reference, but in um, in the beginning when Eleanor is driving Drea from tennis camp, um, Maya Hawk, the actress who plays Eleanor, really, really resembles her mom, Uma Thurman, from oh, a scene in Kill Bill 2. Yes. Um, yes. I, I, yes. The outfit, right? Yep. The hairdo outfit, like the whole stance, the car, it's, mm-hmm. all, it's all very similar. Um, have either of you seen the 1999 movie, But I'm a Cheerleader? Yes. Okay. My favorite story about But I'm the Cheerleader is that I turned on But I'm a Cheerleader and I was very convinced that it was Bring It On and it's very (laughs) not Bring It On. It's not. It's very not very bring different it on. Movie. It's a very different movie. But I was convinced. I turned it on in my like family den watching room, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh look, bring it on, Zong!" Because there's cheerleaders. <laughs> Lesbian cheerleaders is not bring it on. It's very different. Yeah, Jess, have you seen that movie? No, I haven't. Um, last I checked, it was free to watch on YouTube. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good uh, rainy it. day watch. Yeah. So the main thing that stands out to me is the color aesthetic, like of everything in this movie. Um, the pink green or like pink and la- or sorry, green and lavender oh, like really yeah, reflects yeah, yeah. the very pastel palette mm-hmm. of that movie as well. Um, Thelma and Louise, 1991, basically the entire like female bonds and feminist revenge plot yeah, lines you gotta watch Thelma and Louise I've never seen that before 
um, Never Been Kissed, 1999. Um, both Eleanor and Josie in that movie mold themselves into curated popular kids and lose themselves in the process. Um, and... Okay, this is later. A couple. Okay, then I started getting into two thousands ones. <laughs> I have um, one more nineties one. If you don't. Okay, good. Yeah. You, what's your last nineties um, one? The Craft. So the Craft oh, is yeah. like my favorite uh, witchy's ninety movie. And once again, it's kind of the same thing where there's a girl who's an outsider gets into a crowd, whereas like Mean Girls slash witches. But the Instagram witch um, kind of reminded me of the Craft, but also the light is the feather. Stiff as Stiff the as board. Oh, yeah. That was, they did that in the craft um, as well. Yes. Um, let's see. It, okay. I thought that the matching jackets that all of the popular kids have, which is a very, another subtle thing, like at the very beginning, um, before the even the summer break, Drea and Tara are walking and they have like their jackets slung over their shoulders and each girl has a different color. Drea has pink, Tara has orange. Um, the other girls have their jackets. And then at the end of the movie, when Max and his friends welcome Eleanor in for her birthday, they give her like her blue green jacket. And that's when Drea really realizes like, oh, I've been completely replaced. Um, and mostly that just reminded me of in Cheetah Girls from 2003 when they all have like some things. <laughs> Cheetah Girls. Cheetah Sisters. Oh my gosh. I haven't heard a Cheetah Girls reference in so long. Yeah. So that's just, that was just a, that's not an official reference. That's just something I thought. (laughs) Reminded me of. Hilarious. In John Tucker Must Die from 2006. (gasps) Basically, Max's popularity actually rising when he uh, is a despicable person. Um, which also was very mean girls of like, they try to take down Regina, but make her more popular. Um, Jennifer's body from 2009. Uh, there's a point when Sophie Turner, who plays Erica um, in this movie, she's when she's at rehab, she's painting a drawing of Drea with like oh. devil horns and stuff. Yes. And it really looks a lot like Jennifer check in that movie as well. That was one of the moments that I actually did laugh out loud. About. I don't know why just like Sophie Turner, like, feverishly making that painting at the easel it just cracked me up every single time i saw it so good um and then uh the last two promising young woman um from 2020 there is a direct reference where eleanor smears her lipstick across her face um like cassie does in that movie and then this last one they just quote um uh, Taylor Swift's song. Oh, yeah, made me do. <laughs> she's dead. She's dead. She can't come to the phone right now because she's dead. So uh, those are all the ones that I found that were references. Um, that you could probably find more, or I'm at sure least there find, are more. It's, find more yeah. things that you feel like it the, reminds you of. That's the thing is it does such a good job of like referencing these and paying homage to them while still retaining its like own fun storyline that is interesting. And like, even if it's been done before, like the revenge storyline has been done before. It felt like it had enough twists and modern takes on things Yeah. Um, that I still really enjoyed it. Right. Like, um, like a sex tape type of thing, right. All the text messages, like it's using, using modern things, to tell a, a revenge story which has been told before but it has like modern twists on it which i really i really enjoyed i thought it was really well done so we talked about a lot of the references um 
I know that the cast was pretty interesting. Do you have any standouts, either of you, from the cast that you want to mention? I mean, I love Maya Hawk in Stranger Things. And so, like, she was the one that when I saw she was in the cast, I was most excited about just because I know her probably the best out of this cast. Um, and I just think she's like so supremely talented in Stranger Things. I thought she was excellent in this film as well. Um, I just think she like, I don't know. I think she has a very interesting look about her and the way they styled her in this movie made her stand out a lot. Um, and I think, um, unlike in most movies, I found it, found it a little bit more believable. She's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. I found it a little bit more believable that she would be an awkward kid. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought like the hair especially looked quite disheveled in a way again like it looks like a wig but like it's it it made me laugh because again very 90s of like she's all that it's like oh this girl's gorgeous but we're gonna pretend she's ugly um at least she was acting a little bit like nerdier Mm -hmm. and awkward than some of those characters i've seen before yeah I, i thought that she did a great job uh as well as kind of playing somebody that had like an edge to her and there was an like also an air of mystery to her as well it's like who is this girl like what is she doing there were a couple moments when I saw it the first time that I thought were like slightly odd acting choices I was like why like she's she's acting like a person who's supposed to be awkward not like someone who is awkward and then after you watch the whole movie you're like no no that made total sense because she's actually I'm like she doesn't seem like really that mad at um Carissa it's like well that's because she's not (laughs) yeah yeah she's not the one yeah really it's next level acting it's layers upon layers yeah it is it really is I know (laughs) and then she also in the same in the same like scene she was just talking about she's like oh like I I just wanted to get revenge on her I don't want her to go to like jail for life you know, mm-hmm. and it's because like she's a totally innocent ex- except for growing yeah. on mushrooms on school campus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, they do a great job in this movie of making it like dropping enough hints where if you're really, really pausing it or picking up on it, then you could you could potentially see a lot of what's coming. But it it does a more of a like it more like kind of puts you a little bit on edge. Where you're like something's not quite right, but I don't know what it is. So you're still yeah. surprised when it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, Camila Mendez, who plays the main character, Drea, um, known mostly for her role as Veronica Lodge in Riverdale. Um, here's the main thing I would say. This movie was I'm hard. I'm really hard on Camila Mendez or the character of Veronica in Riverdale. Yeah. She's my least favorite character. What? But her eyebrows there. are so good. OK, it has nothing to do with the way she looks. She looks great. But <laughs> her, character, her character has the most boring plot lines and she's in the same plot line for the last like seven years. And it's just not fun. And um, it, it, yeah, it's it's rough. And she has the, like some of the most cringy lines. And the thing that this movie really showed me and hopefully the rest of the world is like, oh, no, she can really act and she can be funny. It's just the bad writing in the other show. Um, And like a lot of people have been able to see this with Lily Reinhardt because she was in Hustlers and some other stuff where she got to see it. So um, I will just continue the same stance that Kirsten says, which is they need to cancel Riverdale so that these actors can be let go and let let flourish in other areas. (laughs) You don't have to live this Riverdale life. 
but I do now, still how different is so like <laughs> I know you said she obviously acts a little bit better in this film just or because of like the the lines that she's given and the work you know what she has to work with um but would you say like her character Drea in this is at all similar to Veronica in Riverdale or are they like complete opposites well I would say like Veronica is wealthy and Drea here is just sort of trying to appear gotcha. that way um I so Drea is a much more the like three-dimensional character whereas veronica's uh it, it's so it really does come down to the writing for so much of why it's it's such a horrible character um because because like uh like the line that we talked about earlier where um in do revenge where eleanor says like oh it's really problematic to give makeovers and drea says yes but it's fun like that line kind of reminded me of a lot of things they do in riverdale which is they will actively like call out the things they know that people will say are problematic yeah. on the show, but their response, it, it like, it doesn't do enough to make it funny and light. It's like, Oh no, you just made it weirder by calling it out. Like there's, there was a scene where they had one character who is um, in the show is a lesbian and another character who's straight kiss. And the, the lesbian says, you know, this is queer baiting. And then Veronica's character says, well, it's not queer baiting if it's saving the world. And it's like, no, it's still bad. This is still what? so weird. What? Riverdale. Yep. Oh my yep. gosh. So it's like stuff like that where you're like, ah, you walked all around. You know how like Glee, it's like yes. sometimes they'll like approach really important conversations, but then sometimes they'll take those same imp- conversations and just like, really do horrible stuff about that like i, I can't think of a great example i mean but you know what i mean time yeah 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 riverdale's nowhere near as egregious as glee is but they still will do stuff like that where they're like they'll bring up an important topic of conversation but not quite do enough to actually get it across the, the board mm-hmm. kind of um but other than that to answer your question jess like <sighs> drea and veronica do have some similarities but mm-hmm. whereas instead of like they on Riverdale, they're just so constantly trying to make the characters be the good guys, but then do questionable things. Whereas on this yeah. show, they're more like, oh no, we, we're gonna show that Drea is bad. Like they let the bad characters be bad sometimes. Yeah. Um, they nice. don't try to force them into a hero box. Yeah. So that's I kind of loved that. I kind of liked how at the end it's like, yeah, Max is a piece of shit, but also like Drea and Eleanor are like manipulative like psychos like they are crazy and they kind of are like yeah we're like soulmates we're like crazy soulmates and we're just gonna go off and drive away in our turquoise uh uh (laughs) car and live like our evil life together yeah and Um, that's fun Speaking of Max, I, of course, recognize him from Euphoria. He plays Ethan in Euphoria. And I was, like, having such a rough time because in Euphoria, he's, like, this really nice guy. Um, And so to have him be, like, the complete opposite and, like, mm-hmm. such a douche was so difficult for me. It was, like, such a weird transition because I'm I'm just so used to his character on Euphoria. So, when- But he did a good job. It just was, like, very difficult for me personally. When he first came out, I was like, oh, he looks familiar. But I don't watch Euphoria, so I didn't know what it was from. He was in um, the movie Paper Towns. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. And he played just sort of like a, the dorky friend in that movie. 
And uh, it was just the fact that they had his like hair slicked back and, and, and the whole look and his whole character in this. I was like, oh, well, look at the look at the range on this guy. Because yeah. that is not the character he played in Paper Town. It was a little unbelievable that like Max was just like the highest tier of popularity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, we're not in the like 90s anymore where all of the like most popular guys are 25 year old like (laughs) white men. But like for sure, he's a little he looks like he should be the nerdy kid. Like he looks like he'd be cast to play. To that, I will say Timothy Chalamet. I will say like yes. Maybe and and I I, I don't know. I don't know what but modern maybe, standards of hotness are maybe, anymore. I'm maybe like high school students prefer the, the Timothy Chalamet archetype to the like Chris Evans. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. That's, who knows? But, I, like, don't I don't know. know. People probably still Could like be. Chris Evans. What am I saying? Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, it, it's definitely it's definitely different. But I felt like it 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 felt modern instead of feeling super unrealistic. Um, yeah. So, I don't yeah. know. Um, and then, did you all recognize the other popular guy, Elliot? He, well, they said Elliot a lot. They're, I love how, like, <laughs> every single time they had something going on, they're like, well, what does Elliot think? And then yeah. Elliot's just, like, magically there, and Elliot's, like, gives his opinion. Uh, who no, is I don't Elliot? know who Elliot is. Elliot is played by, I believe his name is Jonathan Davis. Yes, it is. Yes, who um, he is in the show um, Outer Banks. Oh, I've never watched no. that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. He plays Pope in Outer Banks, and um, he's also like a very, very sweet, good guy in Outer Banks. And so watching him be uh, kind of a turd in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> was, hard. Um, hard. One that I thought was funny, Sarah, you probably recognize the character Montana. Yeah. Uh, Maya Refico. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce her last name, but she was from Pretty Little Liars Original Sin, which of course we covered on Pusher Recaps. Yep. Um, and she played, she played Noah. Yeah, she played Noah, who was like, uh, this This character was very much just in that like stupid, like she's dumb. Like she is, she is the girl from Mean Girls who's like, there's a 70% chance it's already mm-hmm. raining. Um, like that's who she is, but in in Pretty Little Liars Original Sin, she's much um she's very sweet, but she has a bit more of an edge to her. Um than we, I, I, she was my favorite character, I think, in that show. Well, one of. Yeah, they're they're all very good. But yeah, it is interesting to see her play like a very one note dumb character in, mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah, they because the the plot has so much more to do with like taking down Max rather than the other girls. Um, we don't get nearly as much about uh, Montana or the other friend, Megan. Megan, um, yeah. It, Megan, Megan has some good lines. Megan has a couple good lines, especially in the beginning. And Montana e- eats messily in like everything. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. She always has food on her face right. or something. The obvious other pick is Sophie Turner playing Erica. And I was like, ma'am, excuse me? What is I don't do cocaine (laughs) accent. I was like, um, because as soon as she came on screen, I'm like, Sophie Turner doing in this movie. (laughs) I was shocked. Yeah, that was a funny little cameo. And her friend, her friend who was just like bawling next to her, just like repeating everything that Sophie Turner says. She doesn't even do cocaine. 
looking and she doesn't even know what it she was looks very like. good it was, was very funny. good yeah oh and the one other guy actually i did recognize it i didn't at first and i think it could have just been the hair color that threw me off um was the character who played um russ uh, rish shah um mm-hmm. he's he uh he was in miss marvel recently and oh, so okay. i recognized him from that um but the hair yeah. threw me off my husband had to be like hey you know him yeah blue hair um, oh yeah, what did hair. will think of this movie uh he liked it he was like what is happening like he i don't think he saw the twist coming either but like once it did he was like oh but he did he did enjoy it i think for both of us right it was what a hour 40 maybe it was about two two hours hours, actually yeah like two it was a bit long for us i think which again like i'm not shaming it i feel like they packed a lot into those two hours but even still a movie like this feels like it should be closer to an hour and a half Fair enough. That's a good. I'm critique. also someone who is just like, please stop making long movies because I don't have the attention span for them. Um, but that's always been my take. <laughs> Shorten your movies. Yeah. <laughs> um. So okay, we we talked about a lot of the cast, and and I'll second the Sophie Turner thing. She steals like every scene that she's in. Mm-hmm. Um, although she's only in the movie for about two scenes, but love it. Uh. Do you, either of you have any mo- other moments we haven't talked about that really stand out or any funny lines or anything that you want to mention? Hmm. Um, I mean, I feel like we hit like so many of the good points. I think that the, um, I don't know, the anything that Sarah Michelle Geller was in or when the girls were talking about how much they idolize their headmistress, I thought was very funny. There, There's this one scene where it's like, I want to like, I don't know, do her laundry for like a month or like whatever they were doing, like to prove how much like they loved her. I thought that was very funny. I thought that the Sarah Michelle Geller um, clipping the bonsai, which was a uh-huh. reference to something. I just can't remember what it was, but someone else, some other teacher clipped bonsais. Maybe like, um, was it Joan Cusack or somebody? No, not Joan Cusack. Are you talking about 10 Things I Hate About You? 10 Things I Hate About You. The the, the guidance counselor. Oh, yeah. The guidance counselor. I uh, The girl that plays the mom and mom. What's what's her name? Oh, Amy Poehler and me. No, no, no. Oh, in. Wait, are you talking about in 10 Things I Hate About You? Okay, so. Oh, the show (laughs) mom. The show mom. I don't know. The show mom. She was in 10 Things Uh, I Hate About You. Alice and Jeannie is who you're talking about. Yeah. I think that she was clipping a bonsai. Who I do weirdly mix up with Joan Cusack a lot. They look a lot of like right. they're not they the same person at all. They look but I do yeah, they're I very different. The other day, I, I thought it. Yeah, um, I think that would that's and then I very much liked the party at the end where it was just like who this Ivy party like what where do these kids find the money to throw these parties in rich. the time? I know all rich that's the thing yeah oh and um, one last thing i really liked how at the end credits they had like the little things in the boxes it's just very once again 90s movie the the mm-hmm. end clips yeah. yes i, I think i think my favorite thing about this movie beyond like again it's very funny and and, and all the 90s references um i really just like want to again commend like the fashion department i feel like um it's easy to to cut 
costs and stuff and like not really put a lot into what the characters are wearing but like to me this was one of those films where if it had been like a theater released movie right like if it was like a big deal like a mean girls of sorts I could easily see so many of these outfits being made into Halloween costumes because mm-hmm. they're just so oh, interesting yeah. to look at and like so different, but at the same time, believable. And you can tell I, there is something about like, there is something to a movie about where you could be like, I know exactly when this movie came out based on what the characters are wearing in a good way. Right. Where you're like, Oh, okay. So this is like, it's even, it's wild, but you know, when it was released because of like, the structure of the outfits right um i don't know i just i really really enjoyed just visually watching all of what was going on especially the romeo and michelle inspired looking um outfits just because like this orange outfit with the zippers <laughs> and it has like a neck piece that only goes You're like, entranced like, by it, it is- intriguing it is like the weirdest (laughs) outfit i've ever seen but also i love it it's like how do you even put it on like it just i don't know i I just love the fashion in this movie i thought they did a really good job at just like elevating everything they're like let's take it no we'll do like a dumb and dumber one of them were orange and one were blue no but it has to have seven thousand zippers okay (laughs) great it also has to have a jacket that goes with it you know um, I just thought that was like a really fun aspect of the movie that you just don't see in every in every movie, especially not like a teen dark comedy like this. I, I don't think these movies are similar, but I think I left this movie feeling the same sort of happiness I felt when I left Booksmart, which was in theaters. And that's like the oh. other most recent sort of modern teen movie I can think of that mm-hmm. I saw in theaters. Yeah. I really wanted to see that, but I haven't. <gasps> Oh, if you haven't seen books, okay, I should should check it out. Yeah, that's with Lee Feldstein and Caitlin Denver, Dever. Yeah, and um, uh, oh my gosh, what's her name? Um, Carrie Fisher's daughter. Oh, Billy Lord. Billy Lloyd. She is. She steals the movie. I love Billy Lord. So Billy Lord. Um, was in uh, Scream Queens, as I mentioned earlier, and she's uh, part of Ryan Murphy's uh, You Have to Be in Every Single Season of um, American Horror Story uh, and a whole bunch of stuff. She's my favorite. I love her. Yes, she is really good in that. And I saw Ticket to Paradise yesterday, and she was in that as well. And oh, so was uh, Caitlin Denvers. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah, his similar cast. Um, it was cute. Is uh, George Clooney, Julia Roberts? Movie, I know so. they were supposed to save rom coms. Did they save rom coms? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think rom coms are still alive. Personally, oh, okay, perfect. I, I I think it was. Yeah, I think it was good. I think it was cute, and it was a fun story. So that was that was a fun movie. It just reminded me of Ocean's Eleven because that was the, the last time All I the saw same, them as a couple. Two of them, yeah. Yes. I mean, nothing else about the movie reminds me of Ocean's Eleven except <laughs> just, for that. Just the two people in it, yeah. <laughs> yep, just them. Um, anyway, so yeah, I, I really think if for some reason you've listened to this whole thing and you've been spoiled but you haven't seen the movie, go watch Do Revenge. It was, it was great. Maybe mm-hmm. if you're like, Jess, break it up into two sittings because <laughs> it is two hours. <laughs> it is a long movie, but it is worth it, I thought. Like, once we got to, like, the twist, I was like, oh, well, that's why this is a longer movie because they had to set up everything before it. And there's a lot of twists and turns. It felt very Cruel Intentions to me in that way where it was like, every time you feel like you're getting, a, not like bored, but you're a bit like looking at your watch of like okay how much time is left they're like boom something else to pull you right back in yeah exactly exactly um 
Well, thank you for <laughs> putting up with this idea. Thank you no, both for watching this, this movie. Most fun Out collaboration. Yes. Yeah. It's a crossover event of the season. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Of, the, of, the, of the year. Of the year. Of the year. Of the decade. Yeah. Wow. Indeed. Century. Okay. Now we're just going crazy. <laughs> we're just going <laughs> How can we one up each other <laughs> in terms of time, uh, length of time? But thank you so, so much, Mary. Um, yeah. Like, tell us about what's going on in Kowski Cast. Like, when is. Riverdale coming back like how much are we going to get tortured with more Riverdale so I got really nervous the other day because I started seeing on the Instagram that they were filming again <laughs> yes. like, no I like my break um I do believe actually they were originally shooting to uh have the show start back up in th- this fall like right now but um oh, wow. I think that they are uh actually not going to release until the new year so I think we have a little bit more time yeah. but it is a final season seventh season final I'm season so happy for maybe you. a shortened season we don't know um and and I fully intend once the show is over to like binge watch the whole thing again because I still really like it but <laughs> it's brutal on the week by week let me tell you oh yeah I'm sure I'm sure I am very um um, I love the girls' uh, TikTok. I think it's blonde, brunette, and red. Yes, or something like that. Yeah. And they do all the TikTok trends and all the dances, and they're very talented at that. Yeah, they just did um, for Halloween. They were the Sanderson sisters, and it was yes. really good. Yeah, um, yeah. and uh, I did for other Kowski cast listeners. I did have contact the other day with Rachel, who does Twi Fight with me, and we discussed how we are definitely going to be doing book two very soon so um, for those of you who listen to our twilight coverage we are starting new moon don't worry it's happening the only podcast on kowski cast that people have actually been like wait where is it where when's it coming back so don't worry it'll be coming back a moment gosh i love new moon it's my favorite of the twilight books so i used to give like lend those books out like I was the a personal library I would like check them out to all my friends like hello you have to read every single Twilight book what do you think um are you a Jacob or are you an Edward lover I'm an Edward fan and weirdly people would think Jacob considering I love New New Moon Moon. no I love (laughs) I love sadness (laughs) me too how sad and depressed she is the whole book it's really horrible but i just it really spoke to me at the time <laughs> and I, I had emotional. People, this is like 11th grade me or 10th grade me hasn't even had a relationship and i'm like oh i identify with this like do you know <laughs> oh my god freaking new moon man <laughs> i was like oh it's so deep it's <laughs> the best of times and the worst so, of times I'm i swear still, i still love blue moon but anyway <laughs> well i'm excited um, for you to cover it is it going yeah. to be like a chapter by chapter type of thing yeah, it's uh we do two chapters at a time, but um Ooh. yes, my my co-host Rachel hates Twilight with a burning passion, and I love Twilight, so we <laughs> we have a little podcast called Twilight. <laughs> I love that. It's amazing. Um, yes. So Jess and Sarah, uh, can you tell the audience in case they don't already know a little bit about what you're doing over on Shit Ninety Shows? Go ahead, yeah. Sarah. Yeah. So um, we are a '90s rewatch podcast we are in our seventh and final season of boy meets world mary has been amazing and has been with us for at least like the last four seasons covering an episode um 
every season and we're going to have her back very 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 soon which is just how <laughs> the timing worked out um and we're in our fifth season the college years of dawson's creek so so much fun covering all things 90s shows as well as 90s movies or 90s inspired movies uh whichever and um yeah you can find us at shit 90s pod and uh stay tuned for some 90s christmas content coming around the corner um also jess is uh very uh active on the psr yeah i'm over on poster recaps uh covering community but we cover the show community on community building we are in the fourth season i know what you're thinking it's the gas leak season I agree, which is why we're covering two episodes at a time to speed on right through it, because I personally don't really like season four of Community. Um, But you can hear me chat about that over on Community Building. And of course, I'm also currently covering the third season of Mythic Quest, um, which is an Apple TV Plus show that is just so much fun. Um, So go check out all that. You can find me at the Jess Sterling and Sarah, you just recently covered all of the crown over on Posher Recaps in one podcast. Uh, yeah, so me and um, Latanya Starks, we covered the fifth season of The Crown. We binge watched it and we talked all about it. And that was a lot of fun uh, yeah. talking about that. So go check us out over there. And Mary, you said, did you say where people can find you on Twitter? Oh, yes. Frail Mary everywhere. Perfect. So yeah, if you want to check out anything, no matter where you came in, whether you came in through Mary or us, uh, you have so much other content out there now that you can go check out. Um, And this was such a fun collaboration. I really liked this movie. I thought it kind of, like you said, it scratched both itches, right? We had all our 90s content in there, all our 90s homages. And then you had your Riverdale people. And there's just like so many. I love it. It's a great And just general revenge. General revenge. (laughs) General revenge. Yeah. It sounds like a person, General Revenge. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think that's all we have, everyone. So thank you so much for listening. Check us out on our respective podcasts. And who knows? Maybe if we find another movie that fits both bills, we'll come back and do this again. (laughs) Um, Have a good one, everybody. Bye. Bye.